Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Do you think you can teach an old dog new tricks? That feels like a loaded question. <laughs> it really does. So celebrities, mm-hmm. they do their thing, and for some reason, we are fascinated by them. I'm not exactly sure why. It's, They're really good at pretending to be other people. <laughs> it's quite a phenomenon, isn't it? And recently, a celebrity just kind of offhandedly said something in a interview, and he's changed the scope of the world right now. This is this is crazy. It is George Clooney himself yeah. on an interview was talking about, you know, it's the pandemic times and a lot of people have tried to cut their own hair. And he said, actually, I've been cutting my own hair for 20 years. Which, I don't know. It's kind of nice to know that they, they still do things that make them regular people. But here's the thing. It's not like he's doing this with clippers or scissors. George Clooney uses a floby. Okay, and if you're sitting there going, what's a Floby? I had to ask that question, too. Taylor, what's a Floby? It is of infomercial fame. It is as seen on TV. And it is, <laughs> it's like clippers with a vacuum, <laughs> essentially. Like, it, it's you hold it up to your hair. He shows how to use it. He does. But there's like a tube attached to these clippers. And so you shave your hair, and then it just sucks all the hair up so it doesn't get all over the floor. And George Clooney's been using this for the last 22 years. Because these Flobies have existed for 20-some years. Yeah. But not now. They're sold out. They're sold out because of an offhanded comment (laughs) in an interview made by George Clooney. They're sold out. You know those things were stacked in a warehouse somewhere oh, yeah. for the last 20 years with dust on them. It's funny because now I look at pictures of George Clooney and it's like, he does look he like does. he cuts his own hair. <laughs> that is unfair because that's not what I look like when I cut my own hair. Flobies are selling out all over the world. It's crazy. Websites are crashing. People trying to buy Flobies all because of celebrity. George Clooney. Said he cuts his own hair with a Floby. And now it's Floby mania. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't even know what it was until Taylor told me. Bringing up a very, very <clears throat> sometimes sensitive topic of that time that you got or gave a horrendous haircut. It didn't turn out half bad. But when my oldest son was about five or six years old, I decided to give him a haircut myself. Okay. I watched a couple YouTube videos, took a couple tutorials, figured it couldn't be this hard. So I went ahead and I trimmed it up myself. Well, in the process, I nicked his ear. Just the tiniest little nick on his ear. But you would have thought that I had cut the entire ear off. <laughs> it was so terrifying and traumatizing. No! He does not let me live it down to this day. Oh, really? I'm not allowed to go anywhere near the scissors and his head. <laughs> it, finally, it finally got to the point where I had to be like, okay, Van Gogh. It wasn't a life-threatening amputation. You need to let it go. George Clooney's got us all thinking about cutting our own hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if he looks like he looks by cutting his own hair, maybe the rest of us should give it a shot. <laughs> Which has led to conversations about horrendous haircuts. And we've heard from people who have given the horrendous haircuts, but not from the viewpoint of someone who received the horrendous haircut. 
I used to have hair that was all like the same length, like my bangs, everything was all the same length. And I liked it like that. I would just part it off to the side. I thought I looked cool. And my friends and I were getting ready to go out. And my friend was coming. Yeah, my mom's like, oh, you need to let me trim your hair. You've got dead ends. And I was like, just trim the dead ends. Do not go any further. For years, she'd been telling me that I needed bangs. And I was like, no, just trim the dead ends. Well, she thought she'd be funny and just chop off the front of my hair to give me bangs. I cried. I was so so mad. I was like, I can't believe you did that to me. She's like, I didn't think you'd cry. I was like, it's my hair. I'm going out, like, literally in half an hour. That was the reasoning. I didn't think you'd cry, so it was going to be cool. (laughs) Probably the most nightmarish of the nightmare haircuts are the ones where about halfway through, you know there's no saving this. <laughs> There's no turning back. You, you've gotten yourself into something, but this train is on the track, and you just got to ride it out. So you're saying George Clooney isn't the only one who's given himself his own haircut, Taylor? Well, I, you know, when I was about 15 years old, it was the summer, and I was feeling bored, and I was like... Oh, man, you're kidding me. You were bored? I bet I could shave my head bald. <laughs> I've got, you know, I, I just started shaving. I had my little electric Remington razor. <laughs> no. And I had the clippers. And so I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take this a piece at a time. So I take the clippers with no guard and I shaved my head down to the stubble. No. And then, and then I take the Remington shaver. And I remember the very first pass with the actual shaver part. And it's like, and it's like grabbing and tearing hairs out of my head because the razor's getting old. I got about halfway down my head, and I just think, what have I done? But I couldn't stop, stop. at that point, because I have a stripe down my head. I shaved my head completely bald, oh, and, and it- I didn't think that I would get five o'clock stubble on my top of my head. And here's the one thing that I should have considered. I'd spent a lot of the summer outside, and so I had tan lines. <laughs> I had, like, a white skull cap with white little sideburns. I looked very strange. That haircut did not last long. I think haircuts are extremely important, mm-hmm. and, and I think I would never want to be responsible for somebody else's hair. Kind of like Vanessa was. My husband was in dire need of a haircut, and we were short on finances, couldn't really afford to go for, like, a $20 haircut, so I was like, all right. I will pull out the clippers and start cutting his hair. No. So I started cutting his hair with the clippers. I'd done it before, so I wasn't really nervous or worried about it or whatever. But the clippers died. The clippers died? In the middle of his haircut. Oh, no. So he pulled out the Barbasol and the stick razors. It took seven razors to shave his head. (laughs) This is like at 1130 at night. Oh, man. He had a job interview the next day, so that's why we needed him to have a haircut. He didn't end up getting that job. Oh, really? Because he looked like Mr. Clean. (laughs) Have you ever noticed just how non- elevated all of the people are in the Christmas story, except for the Magi. Everybody else is just a run-of-the-mill common person. Regular dude. Regular dude. And I think the Lord did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. But I think sometimes we look for God only in the extraordinary. Yes. 
the of miracles, the, the, the amazing wow. doctors can't understand it, mm-hmm. or the right thing happened at exactly the right time. Or even our amazing creation, the stars and the mountains and the fields. And God shows up in the mundane here. He does. Random people coming into town, got to hang out in this barn, but there's the savior of the universe in a feeding trough. Mm-hmm. And the verse that came to mind, Jesus says, seek and you will find. And I think a lot of times we don't look for God quite enough. Mm. It can be easy to look for God in places where we expect to find him. Mm -hmm. But when we practice finding him in the surprising places, we're going to find him. You know, you're talking about how we are supposed to look for God in even the common mundane. The Christmas story is common mundane people doing common mundane things, paying taxes, yeah. having babies, you know, shepherds and innkeepers, not the highfalutin society. God works in the mundane. He works in the hard. He works in the valleys. When I look back on my life, the places where I see now God at work the most were in the hard Mm. In in the mundane, going through the difficulty of a divorce yeah. day to day to day, not being able to breathe, just thinking, I don't know if I can make it one more five minute increment. And yeah. God saying, I'm here with you right now, going through the grief of losing your cousin, your mm-hmm. loved one. It's in those mundane, hard moments when we look back, we see him the biggest. Do you think you can teach an old dog new tricks? That feels like a loaded question. (laughs) It really does. The other night, I was trying to set my alarm on my phone. Now, I have had this phone for five, six years, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had it forever. You're you're holding on to it. Update after update. You keep it going. Yes. I mean, I, I have to carry around extra battery storage because I lose battery in about 37 seconds, essentially, with this phone anymore. But I do not want another one. Every single night for all of these years, I have always asked Siri. I'm going to say her name and she's going to wake up. Don't answer telephone. (laughs) I've always asked her to set my alarm every night. Oh, the voice command. Yes. Well, why not? You do use a lot of voice commands with your phone. I do. It's the easiest way to do things on my phone. Well, with the last update... Siri's not working too well on my phone. Is she giving you the silent treatment? She totally is. Siri? So the other day, don't say sorry, her name. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to have to sit Oh, wait, I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say sorry. It sounds too much like her name. I apologize. So the other night, I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> and I keep saying it over and over and over and over again, and she won't answer me. Are you mad at me, Siri? I know. And I'm like using with different tones of voices and I'm trying really hard and she is not answering. I turn the phone off, turn it back on again, and she is still not answering. Finally, from another part of the house, mom, just set your alarm the other way. It's not worth it. And I walk out into the living room and look at my daughter and I'm like, I don't know how to set the alarm any other way. (laughs) Mom! She just looked at me. She's like, you've got to be kidding me. She's like, go into clocks. So I went into clocks and she's like, right there. See? And I went, oh. <laughs> God has given us these amazing brains. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I hear all the time that 
they have such amazing capacity. And if yeah. we could just unlock all of our brain power, we could do so many wonderful things. I can't even figure out how to set the alarm on my phone without the help of Siri and my 18-year-old daughter. Technology is, it's flummoxing. <laughs> it's, it's truly... Is that a word? Difficult to operate. <laughs> it can and, get the better of you. And if you've had technology get the better of you, you're in good company. We, we want to hear your story so we can laugh with you. My husband said, this is an iPhone. You're going to love it. I have it turned on. It's all charged. If I call you, it's going to light up. And then I just want you to push talk. It's so easy. And I thought, you know what? That's fine. I was happy with my flip phone, but okay. So I took it. Well, I had jury duty that day. In Adele. So when I sat there, there were a hundred people. So one through a hundred were there to get picked for jury duty. (laughs) And as we sat there, the judge said all cell phones had better be on silent. And I will not take lightly if we aren't paying attention, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I don't know how to put it on silent. I don't even know how to turn it off. (laughs) I had no idea. I had no idea how to turn the phone off or on, or I thought, okay, if it rings, I'm just supposed to answer. And I thought, I am not going to ask, uh, excuse me, sir, could you help me with this? And I thought, I'm not. So I asked the um, sheriff's deputy to help me and he did it for me. So as I tell my children, look for the helpers. It's not that you are less intelligent. It's the technology that's wrong. So you're saying it's my phone's fault that it's so difficult to set the alarm that I always had to use Siri to the point that my daughter had to teach me. And you know what? You had issues with the voice command with Siri. Well, yeah, all the updates on this old phone and now she doesn't work very well. Or she's just decided she doesn't like me anymore. Can I tell you why I never use the voice commands? Because the you first don't. time you I never don't, I don't I don't like it. I don't trust it. Because the first <laughs> time I decided I was gonna do it, I was in my car at a stoplight and there was a text that I needed to respond to, but I was gonna be a good citizen and keep my eyes on the road and I was like, Oh, I have the text to speech thing. I just punch this button and I can talk the talk the text in. And so I finished reading it and then at the next traffic light I looked down to see what I texted the person. Oh no. And it says I'm meteorologist Jerry Ann Ritter on Life 107.1, always uplifting Life 107.1. My text-to-speech just picked up what was coming on the radio. It was a weird thing to text my boss. Taylor. Jen. Do you like smiling? Smiling's my favorite. I love smiling. (laughs) smiling. (laughs) Me too. I love to smile. And one of the things that we love to do for you is to find you things that will make you smile. Mm -hmm. We got a call from a friend who said, okay, you got to check out this video. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, check out the video. video. Yeah, see see the video. He was right. Our friend's name is Josh. And Josh's son, Carter, was involved in a video that our friends over at Des Moines Christian did. And it is a remake slash tribute to Life 107.1 artist Sidewalk Profits, mm-hmm. to their song, Smile. If you watch this video and you don't... It's so fun. It's so amazing. They did a really good job. They started working on this this summer. Okay. And here's the deal. Dave Frey, who is absolutely one of our favorite interviews oh, ever, yeah. the lead singer of Sidewalk Profits, greatest guy, funny video, great, super sense of humor. Sidewalk Profits... 
have awarded Des Moines Christian's video a very prestigious award. This, this is a big deal. Yes. I, sh- I should be wearing a top hat yeah, to announce this. Exactly. They have just declared that Des Moines Christian's awesome remake video is the remake video of the year as far as sidewalk vi- sidewalk prophecy. Oh my goodness. Concerned. So we thought we would take the liberty of making sure that Des Moines Christian's remake of Smile is on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. put it there yesterday, and already... It's making a lot of people smile. So, if you need to smile, go to Life 107.1's Facebook page, watch the uh, locally sourced music video <laughs> for Smile. It's the Life 107.1 Facebook page. Yes, I am that person. I am that person that, while the family is opening up Christmas presents, I'm crawling around on my hands and knees on the floor. No, oh no, my don't, goodness. Don't throw that away. Save that. <laughs> Come on. See, no, see, that's a perfectly good bag. Wow. Oh, that tissue paper is really good. Wow. Yes, I have been known to reach into the trash bag to save bows or ribbons or things like that because I am a Christmas all the stuff saver. I'm a saver. I save that stuff. And then next year, I don't have to spend money on it. I just like the childlike joy of completely demolishing whatever packaging that present came in. No! And we want to know where you stand. I don't save the paper because I like to open, like Taylor does, childlike tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> childlike However, Oh, yeah. I do keep the bags if they're good and the bows. Exactly. The bags and the bows. The bags and the bows. It only makes sense. Now, let me ask you this, Whitney. Have you been known to go into the trash to get them out? I I pulled some bows out of the trash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. We are a kindred spirits. I don't know if I've gone that far. Well, yeah. You know, every family keeps like a big trash bag to, yeah. put, to put the stuff in but there. But those bows have touched the trash wrapping paper. <laughs> They're contaminated. No. But it's only trash wrapping paper. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah, okay. it's fine. Okay. And those bows were expensive. And they've only <laughs> been on one package. It's perfectly acceptable to save them a second time. Is there a number of uses you're allowed I, to use the bows for? Like, when do you have to retire a when bow? When it's flat. Yeah, we didn't get to quit. Okay. When you open a Christmas present, you have a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Are you going to throw away all the stuff that surrounded that beautiful gift? Or are you going to save it? Are you a scrapper or are you a saver? I'm a saver. As a matter of fact, I think the saving is, I don't know, can you say it's genetic? <laughs> you you yeah. have the saving gene? Yeah, that would be my grandma. Yeah? Okay. What did she save? Bless both their hearts. They're both in heaven. My grandpa's been in heaven since 2013, and my grandma just passed this year. And when we cleaned out her apartment, I took a full can and boxes of recycled Christmas boxes. Nice. <laughs> and they even still had... Kmart. <laughs> right. Kmart. Cardboard tags. Yeah. Yes. Taped on them with my name. Oh. And it even had my kids' names on them yeah. who are now grown. And I have used them now this year for my kids. And it's special. That's really cool, actually. It is. And I'm going to tell them, please don't ruin these boxes, because guess what? <laughs> I'm going to use them again next year. <laughs> Somebody hands you a wrapped Christmas present, mm. not in a bag, a wrapped box with a bow, and a gift tag. Yeah. You're at a fork in the road. You have a decision to make in that moment, don't you? How are you going to open this thing? I mean, if you're Taylor, 
you rip into it like there's no tomorrow. I rip it to shreds. <laughs> Full extension of the arms, like I'm tossing paper out every which way. I wish I could be like that, but the adult side of me always wins because I'm like, maybe I can save this paper. <laughs> so are you a scrapper or are you a saver with that Christmas wrapping? It's the only time of year I try to let my child side show. So when I get that present, I just tear that thing to pieces. Yeah! And I enjoy every minute of it. However, I do save boxes and bags and some tissue paper. Okay. Some tissue paper. So. You don't. You don't rip up the tissue paper. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't, uh, maybe because it. I don't know. You let out all your childishness on the wrapping paper. No. So by the time you get inside to the tissue paper, you're careful. Once you're a little again. more grown up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. Okay. okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> a perfect Christmas morning for me is a successful run of opening all of the presents and then a successful run of me going on my hands and knees across the living room, (laughs) collecting all the things that can be saved and me getting to take them home because that means I do not have to buy them next year. I think it's weird. I have kind of a saving double standard. Like, I will always save the, the bags and the tissue paper. Yeah. But the wrapping paper... That's going bye-bye. That's, that's going to be in pieces by the time I'm done with it. What about you, Anne? I never, ever kept that tissue paper because I just thought it was dumb. But now I keep it. If it's not really, really wrinkly, I will keep it because there's nothing worse than having a bag and having a gift and no tissue paper. Hello! Yeah? And then you have to stop and get the tissue paper. Yes. So if it's not too wrinkly, just keep it and reuse it. If I have to go into Walgreens or CVS mm-hmm. or even Target and I have to spend $5 yeah. on a package of tissue paper right. because I haven't saved, I get really annoyed at myself. <laughs> and chances are you're not going to come out of there with just tissue paper. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> not if I'm going into Target. No way. Dr. Heidi, sometimes we really like to blame things on our culture. We, do. we have a culture that appreciates youth and beauty and winners. And we love winners. We all can't be youthful or beautiful by our culture standards or winners all the time. And we compare ourselves to the standard that they put out. We mm-hmm. compare ourselves to each other. We compare ourselves to our old selves. We do. And it robs our joy. And our joy is something that we're commanded to have. What do we do? Fight. Oh, right. Okay. We've, cool. we've, 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 <laughs> not fight, that kind right? of fight. Oh, pulling out my black belt. <laughs> we have to really get in there and look, okay, what are these thoughts that I'm having? What are these beliefs that I'm having that are fueling this comparison that I'm doing? Is it because I believe I'm only good enough if I am X, Y, or Z? Is it because I believe I was a better person when I was 10 years younger? And there's something wrong with me now that I have a few more wrinkles. Mm-hmm. So we have to look inward and say, okay, how does that fit with what I know my identity to be? And that's where we come back to our faith. What our faith tells us is that our worth and value is not based on how many wrinkles we have. Jesus is not going to ask us what wrinkle cream we used when we get to heaven, (laughs) right? No. Um, But he sees us as redeemed. So it feels like I am not worth anything because I don't have any makeup on today and people just ignored me. But the truth is, My worth and value is not in whether these people see me or not. My worth and value is in the fact that I am redeemed and that it's a daily reality. So you catch that thought, you throw it away, and you put in the second thought. Which is the true statement. Okay, When that truth is based on the powerful truth of God's word, then it sticks. 
I think about so many of the things that I'm tempted to place my worth and value on and how little of my entire lifespan they're going to be. Mm, I'm not going to be youthful for very long. In fact, most of my life, I'm going to spend not being in my 20s and 30s or whatever I want to define as youth. Right. But the Bible tells me that I'm loved with an everlasting love. God's love is constant. It is. And as we walk in that, I think God brings us wisdom when we let go of just this superficial happiness or the superficial value that we get by being a human doing. Then we get at the human being and we realize that wrinkles mean wisdom. Gray hair means wisdom. And so if I choose to believe that, if I hold on to that, then whether other people do or do not does not matter as much to me. Because I know that Jesus does, and that's what matters. Maybe you went out during this year of the pandemic where Mm -hmm. we were all home much more, and you adopted a pet. Good for you. Well done. I think that's fantastic. I am a firm believer in rescuing animals. That's an awesome thing. And then you get to bring them home and name them. Which is always a blast. And so every year at the end of the year, you know, somebody goes and does research and figures out the top names of cats and dogs for that particular year. In 2020, you do have your normals. Oh, yeah. You know, Luna, Bella, Oliver, Leo, Lucy, Charlie, Kitty. <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> Which is just lazy. People Come are on. out there just naming their cat Kitty. No, Come I on. I mean, if you have a cat named Kitty, that's adorable. I'm I- slightly judging you. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. But the pandemic seems to have also affected some people's <clears throat> naming abilities. Yeah. <laughs> because there are cats, a lot of them, that are named after carbs. In particular, breads. You were telling me about this, Jen. There are cats running around named croissant right now. <laughs> yes. Apparently, people are naming their pets after comfort foods. In particular, croissant, sandwich, <laughs> Bread and rye. Here's my theory. Are, are these are these like people who've never had a pet before and they're not really familiar with the naming process? And it's just like, I should do something that means a lot to me. Well, how about bread? My cat named bread. I just think it's hilarious. I mean, I, I, mean, I had a dog named Oreo growing up, so. I don't know that I've ever had an animal named after a food. Really? I don't think I have. The fact that there's you a You have cat- a dog named Bagel. Oh, that's right! (laughs) I forgot about Bagel. We want to hear your funny pet names because a lot of us have adopted animals during 2020 because we're home more and it's fantastic. But apparently the pandemic has affected the way that some of us name our pets. Our dog's name is Lucy, which is pretty much just a typical name. And since our son has been home from Iowa doing online school, her name starts off as Lucy in the morning. And then by the time night comes, it's a percentage. And it's a percent on how well she's listened to that day. And he'll say, hey, 10 percent, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Or if it's been a really good day and he's in a decent mood, he'll be like, hey, 50-50, come here. Does she know he's talking to her? Yes. I, honestly, I think it's the tone that he oh, uses. Yeah. And then I say, hey, 50%, go clean your room. Ah, <laughs> uh, funny pet names. It just gives us something to laugh about. Do you have a funny pet name? I do. My dog's name is Taco. Taco. <laughs> he's not very brave. He's, he's not-, not very brave, so he gets called a chicken taco a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is it? He's a Bernese Mountain Dog. Oh, 
They're beautiful. That is not what I pictured for a dog named no! Taco. That's a burrito. He is. <laughs> We love creativity. We mm-hmm. truly do. We love to laugh at it. I mean, with it, absolutely. We've been reading these articles about what people are naming the pets that they have acquired throughout 2020. Cats named Bread. <laughs> Which I love. After I w- their favorite pandemic food. I, w- I want to name a cat Bread now. <laughs> there are some or, cats named Sandwich. Or Croissant. And, and, and it has to, absolutely. If you have a cat named Croissant, it better be a fat cat. So we want to know about your unique pet names. My wife has two sheep. One's named Coco and the other's named Licorice. And neither one smells like their name would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> a sheep named Licorice? <laughs> yep. Why? I think it's because of the color. It's a black sheep? Yep. Ah. Oh. Is it naughty? It behaves really well. Oh, well, that doesn't fit the stereotype at all. Well, it's a black sheep of the black sheep. <laughs> and then if it gives birth to multiple sheep of different colors, they could be licorice all sorts. You are the weirdest person alive. It would be all sorts. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.